Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm your host, Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. The automotive industry is in the midst of a historical digital transformation. Today's vehicles are computers on wheels and customers who used to shop exclusively in the showroom can complete transactions online. And now companies must navigate this uncertain terrain while balancing profitability with research and development and environmental initiatives. So to understand how companies will navigate this and talk about the launch of Salesforce's Automotive Cloud, I'm joined by my guest today. Harold Kruger is the former chairman and CEO of BMW and a member of the Salesforce Advisory Board. And Jessica Goitner is vice president of strategic customers at Salesforce focused on the auto industry. Welcome to the show, Harold and Jessica. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. An early morning here in San Francisco. It's an early morning in San Francisco. It's afternoon in uh, Germany right now. So thank you so much for joining us. Harold, I wanted to kick it off with you and talk about the major shifts that are driving change in the relationship between customers and the automotive industry. Give us a state of the industry right now. Yeah, that's probably, first of all, one of the most exciting times in the automotive industry ever since many, many years or for the last 10 years at least. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a couple of shifts. There's not just one shift only. There's a digital transformation. There's a transformation from combustion engines to electric vehicles. So maybe first of all, starting with the digitalization yeah, yeah. In, in terms of in automotive, we have been always very product orientated, very product driven. Yeah, we like products, we like to drive, sheer <laughs> driving pleasure. And and now we need to focus much more on the customer side, yeah, on the moving from car centric to customer centricity. Yeah. And this is a big game changer in terms of understanding the customer in detail, knowing what he or she would like to have. So that's the one change. The other one is a much more personalized experience. Yeah? There are so many touch points in the customer journey where you interact with the customer and you interact with the brand and also the brand management is now a, a lot of the brand management is done in digital channels. Mm -hmm. Then from a consumer model, more to the focus uh, on, on the customer really. And then for sure, the sustainability, the climate change, the combustion engine, as something which will be maybe transitioned to completely electric vehicles in the future. It's a major change as well. So customer side, consumer side, technology side, data business, <laughs> uh, and then geostrategic challenges as well as supply restrictions. So there's a lot of things going on, I would say, but it's the most exciting time ever I had in my life. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, Jessica, you've been working closely in the industry for a long time and working on this launch of Automotive Cloud. Can you tell me a little bit, maybe digging into this relationship between consumers and car companies and how that's changing? And, and really, Harold, like you're saying this new customer centricity and how the industry needs to think differently about the relationship with customers. Tell me a little bit about that, Jessica. Yeah, if we look back, um, the car companies have been, uh, in reality, selling their cars to dealers and the dealers hold the relationship to the customer. And if you ask, everyone, by the way, answers up until now, we own the customer. But to be honest, the customer is the one who has the choice. And I think that is exactly what uh, is happening right now. This choice of the customer is driving that change quite fast. So if we're looking what is really happening, we all have been through a major pandemic right now. So everyone was ordering t-shirts and technology and solar panels for houses um, from the couch. 
And of course, everyone wants to do the same now for cars. So the request from the customer to shop cars online is pressing because in the past, it was sometimes a little bit complicated to navigate through all the channels, to be interacting with the OEM and mm -hmm. uh, really being on their website, then going to one dealer and maybe comparing with an offer from another dealer. So customers want it simple and they want to have that comfort of shopping a car from the couch because they have learned that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And Harold, what's the impact on the sort of go-to-market strategy for auto companies now with this shift? What sort of adjustments do they need to make to reach these customers and create the experience that they want? It's a real transformation, as Jessica described it. Yeah, it's not something which you just move on and continue what you did and adjust and flexible. It's a major transformation and change. Why? Many automotive companies have done the dealer business in terms of a wholesale company. Mm -hmm. So they, they were selling the cars to the dealers. The dealer had the direct contact with the customer, the channels, yeah, and besides some own retail big outlet stores, which many OEMs have in big cities like New York or San Francisco or other parts of the world. But the retail orientation is a completely different interaction and data set and knowledge, uh -huh. how to do retail compared to how to do wholesale, yeah? first step. Second one is, what do you do with the data? How do you make sure that you have a perfect brand image, a perfect customer journey at all touch points? So controlling then the digital journey, yeah? the journey where you have all touch points, if it's after sales, if it's new car sales, if it's the used car market, so there are several touch points where the customer would like to have a seamless experience, everything mobile, everything available at every time. So and before it was going into a dealership, shopping a car, taking the car and getting out again and driving home. Uh -huh. And that is significant. Just think about virtual dealerships in the future, for example, uh -huh. seven days a week, 24 hours, things like this being available. So the data driven business, the customer journey touch points to see the data as a gold mine, what you know over the customer over the life cycle as well. It's not just the one touch point where you buy a new car or where you have a used car or whatever. How do you make sure that the customer journey continues if you have a family tree, yeah? that there's one family member owning a new car and then maybe the daughter would like to buy a new mini or whatever it is. So having the all family tree data is, for example, also an example, how do you manage this one in the future as an automotive company? So data business, data driven business, data decision making and turning all touch points into a huge brand experience into a very satisfying customer journey that you're creating fans of the brand, really fans of the product. Yep. That's a huge challenge. That's not happening by accident because it requires a sing one single source of truth for data. It requires a lot of touch points. It requires a mindset change as well yeah, from wholesale and retail to, to really customer orientation. But in terms of mindset change, in terms of digital transformation, leadership change, it is a huge task ahead of us. You know, and when you think about that, it's true not just in the automotive industry. This is true across the board where companies, the relationship between, you know, the dealer, so to speak, or the retailers and the manufacturers is changing so much. Can you talk about, maybe Jessica, can you talk about this, how that relationship is changing and what that data circle looks like between the manufacturer and the dealer and the customer and how Salesforce is thinking about that? 
I tried to break that down and make it a little bit more simple because in reality, that process is tremendously complex because there are so many stakeholders involved in um, meeting the customer along that journey. So maybe breaking it down into the shopping, the owning, and maybe the loyalty part and thinking about renewing maybe that brand loyalty, how Harold has just phrased it. Yeah. If we just think about the consideration phase, um, there are many things that really play into that for a customer. A car is the second most valuable item in most of the families. So after the house, there's a car. So price and um, what the family situation is, is really playing into that decision-making process. And if we think about data, that was the second question, it must be easy and convenient for the customer to either be able to check it mobile or have a really good and customized experience on the configurator to really change on the go based on the customer's preferences. And ideally, once it's handed over either to an agent, which is the new direct sales model, or to a dealer, that dealer shouldn't start from scratch. They should know what Harold or I, if we're buying a new car, have been interested in. Mm -hmm. And ideally, if I had been interested in a silver convertible, they know already about it. But the reality, as I said, is complex. There are rights and rules and responsibilities to hand over that data. I, as a customer, have to give my consent. And all that has to be managed across, in the reality today, different systems. It's not yet a single source of truth. Right. What that does to a customer is it breaks the experience. Mm -hmm. And that means it's getting um, complex and maybe frustrating. So those brands who can get their act together across all those stages and across all those data sources they have and make it easy for me and they make me feel welcome. They win me over. Maybe it's not the price alone that makes the race in the future. Yeah, and maybe building on this, Michael, uh, to give you one example, what is in the future in demand. In Europe, you have a lot of cars being ordered and delivered yeah, with special options. Right. Customers go into the dealership and would like to order the car. They sign the contract, they are happy, and then it takes five to six, seven, eight weeks, sometimes longer, until the car is delivered. Mm -hmm. And you can offer to customers, for example, transparency on the manufacturing process. Where is your car? Is it already painted in, in the body mm -hmm. shop, uh, in the paint shop? Is it already at the assembly? Is it finishing the final assembly line? Yeah, And all that information, if you personalize this journey, if you send a picture out of the car leaving the assembly line and going on, on, on the truck for transportation, mm -hmm. this is something where the customer is excited about and has transparency on the supply chain and where his or her car is coming and arriving quite mm -hmm. soon. So these touch points, for example, in loyalizing the customer, exciting the customers, is possible in a digital, totally connected world where you use the data and then can maybe give a very valid forecast. Your car will arrive via shipment in three days and it's at the dealer for delivery on, on Sunday or on Monday next week. Mm -hmm. And this type of relationship even establish a personal relationship between the brand, the OEM, the automotive industry and the customer. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity. Changing gears a little bit, I want to talk about electrification. So electrification is obviously, it's a huge initiative for every car company. So how is this changing the industry? Maybe Harold, I can hear from you from manufacturing to ownership models, environmental impacts. You know, this is a huge change in the industry. Talk to me a little bit about electrification, what we're going to see. First of all, uh, the trend to electrified vehicles is is definitely a very severe one on which one will come from two ends. The one that's coming from the customer point of view, driving an electric car is also fun. 
we shouldn't underestimate this one. Yeah? Secondly, you go sustainable. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, and we all are faced with the climate change. So it combines the fun to drive as well as with doing your bit on the sustainability and climate change and making the world better. Yeah. Yeah? Electric means also that we are going sustainable but also that we are going to change the value chain, for example. For example, R&D on battery design, R&D processes for battery and battery development are getting hugely important. Yeah? Who's designing the best battery and the most sustainable one, the one with the biggest power, the one with the longest durability. Manufacturing of batteries and cell production is a core competence of the future. Yeah? Who's doing this one? And Because it's a huge component in, in terms of uh, importance of pricing of uh, proportional costs. Mm -hmm. Third one is that it's also driven by the regulation. Yeah, And in a part like Europe, the government and the CO2 emission fleet targets are driving also the change to electrification because without electrified vehicles in your fleet with a major portion, you can't meet the CO2 requirements of the fleet car. So both ends from the regulator as well as from the customer perspective are driving this change. It's changing the values is changing the value creation, uh, the core competence. Uh -huh. And it means that the new business is on and that battery manufacturing is getting important, but as well as that the vehicle can be easier designed because electric vehicles, electric motors are less complex. You need less components. So it's also goes hand in hand with a significant industrial change of manufacturing processes, jobs as well, and reorientation of a complete supply chain, which is the first tier and the second tier network. So it's a major transformation, but a good mm -hmm. one. And, and it's something which I'm excited about as well. And we will see uh, how this transformation continues, but it's also, to be honest, a clear challenge to secure jobs during the transition, to make the journey possible and to focus on new competences and new value creation and building up the competences of the future, having the right people at the right place, yeah. the people management, the human resources mm -hmm. part, creating new jobs as well as filling in new jobs with candidates. Mm -hmm. That's also part of the transformation. So it's, it's a huge change. Mm -hmm. But it's a good one. You know, and it seems to speak also to this customer relationship, which is the simplicity of electric cars. I'm imagining there's less of the relationship with repair, maintenance, et cetera, and it opens up the opportunity to create new types of relationships with those customers through, you know, digital channels, what we were talking about earlier. You know, Jessica, talk to me a little bit about that in terms of how you see manufacturers building in this relationship in newer cars and electric cars as, as they're going to be here in California by 2035, you're not going to be able to buy a gas powered car. So what's that going to do to the customer relationship and expectation? Um, I think you're um, absolutely right. Um, those cars won't be in the workshop that much. Um, so what do you do to keep um, the relationship up? So you have right. to be able to personalize. What does that mean? You have to understand uh, what the customer wants on the one hand side. But even more importantly, you have to understand what is in the vehicle the customer drives, what's up there, which kind of subscription services is the customer using, is he a long haul driver, does he use the city, where and when does he charge, oh, is he driving the weekend off the state, does he know which uh, charging infrastructure he or she can use, do we want to pre-inform a customer about that, is that a service that a customer would appreciate? 
those kind of personalized interactions because you do understand customer behavior and you understand what kind of journey the vehicle is going through and combining that intelligently, maybe even with artificial intelligence to help to streamline those interactions. Not too much, but also enough in the right channel at the right time. This is, I think, the discipline that um, everyone needs in the future to build meaningful relationships with their customers because they have to be built new with those cars to come. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really part of where Automotive Cloud fits in, our new product. So you've been working on this with industry, with our own teams and the development of the product. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned and some of those learnings and, and what we're building to help with this transformation? I think you wrapped it up nicely uh, already. Um, we are not doing this alone. We might have excellent software engineers within Salesforce, but what we want to do here is build a product for the customer, but together with the experts from the industry. So mm -hmm. we have been working super closely with those manufacturers around the world because Harold pointed it out earlier, there are regional differences in the buying behavior, in the ownership expectations, and also in what's needed. But we didn't stop there. It wasn't just the um, auto car maker. We went down the path with the captive finances to understand how their process is changing, what kind of a role they're taking on. And we also made sure that we really did understand what the dealer's future role and current role is, what they struggle, what they would need from us. So the product we're bringing to market um, is a product we have uh, co-created. And what we are doing here is we're just launching here. So what um, our vision about that product is that we will learn together and we want to have it designed for and with the industry. Mm -hmm. So um, as you know, uh, we are launching, but we don't stop there. We will see how all those indications that Harold just brought in, in terms of what is changing, how fast is um, the pace picking up in terms of um, industry challenges, transform the world, consumer expectations. What do we need to really keep that product alive and bring the best from all those information that we get into the product to make it meaningful? But most uh, importantly, we really have built it as real world use cases, things the industry needs to really mm -hmm. help them make it much simpler and faster for them to implement and accelerate the transformation. Because with all those things um, in front of them, talent research, new education, new workshops, new technologies, new customer expectations, change to a new sales model, we thought yeah. we have to do one thing. We have to make it hassle-free and easy with a data model that suits the industry and that's scalable and really helping them to make their business easier for them. Yeah, Michael, and from my perspective, to sum it up, it's about a win-win partnership with a system partner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And a win-win partnership with system partners, which are huge strategic partners, you drive together innovations, you challenge each other, you try to create a win-win for both partners. Yeah, you invest into strategic frameworks yeah, and learn from each other and, and learning quickly at speed is a competitive advantage mm -hmm. and that's how I see it really in creating and designing creating value for our customers in a win-win partnership driving innovations and making their businesses more successful and more profitable and more customer orientated mm -hmm. that's what we are targeting 
Harold, I'd love your example of, you know, informing the customer as, you know, during this period where they're going to get annoyed waiting for their car, but instead you turn that into kind of a delightful experience. What are some of the other use cases that, that we're thinking about with, uh, with automotive cloud? So I think uh, first and foremost, um, it's still about selling cars. So uh, what we thought we should do, and uh, that's what we uh, built in as a first launch use case is um, the automotive lead management. Yeah. And um, wh what does that mean? We really want to help to convert more leads in a faster time. And it doesn't matter which sales model we are talking about. If it's still a wholesale retail model, great. If it's an agent model to sell direct, or if they want to even um, have an agent model combined with a dealer model, we are able and prepared to really push that lead uh, management forward with the right rights and roles and responsibilities management to make that easier. Mm -hmm. We spoke about the importance of the vehicle in that whole process to understand where and how the vehicle is used to make a much more personalized customer journey. So we bring in a whole vehicle concept. Um, so we call it vehicle console to unify all vehicle data and bring it together with the customer behavior data and make um, educated suggestions to make the customer's life uh, easier, but also to predict when and where a vehicle might go to the workshop and help um, the uh, attached infrastructure to have the right education and the right spare parts at hand when once that is happening. Now, just one example. Yeah? In the past, we had, as I mentioned before, data silos from financial services, new car sales and after sales. Yeah? And assuming, for example, the idea the customer, uh, he or she comes up to after sales to service a car. You should know from one single source of truth, maybe if the car is in the workshop for one day, what test drive you can offer for that one day to have a new customer experience and, and maybe adjusting already the new car which you offer for test drive yeah, to your personal needs, liking this color, this leather interior, this special options, yeah, this seat adjustment. Yeah, and if you would have one single source of truth across all three divisions, you could make maybe the perfect offer for the test drive. And maybe the next car, new car sales would be driven by this one and he or she would buy it. Mm -hmm. yeah, so just combining these ones and going across these three silos, uh, which I exist in the present as well as in the past. This is also a benefit for new business models. Yeah. And just that idea of making it easy for all those different people who are interacting with the customer along the way. I think this is a challenge, not just in the automotive industry. This is across the board, whether you're go into the phone store, you know, knowing what phone I have and when, when is my next contract, you know, across the board, this is something that every business needs. These are challenging, exciting times, but challenging times for big organizations. Can you talk to me a little bit about this growth mindset and some of the techniques, the leadership that you've thought about in running a big organization to move forward and win? It's a very good question and it's a permanent leadership task. I call it the magic triangle. Yeah. It's one, it's having a clear strategy with clear focus and priorities mm -hmm. and execution, execution of the strategy. Mm -hmm. The second point, equally important, yeah, they are not in an order, they are all three equally important, it's people. Yeah. It's a people business, leading people, leading teams, explaining the vision, explaining the targets. You need to uh, identify clear targets where you measure success on if you fail. So clear targets, getting people aligned, explaining the transformation, explaining what do they need to expect how they are supported but it's a people business definitely leading people leading human beings to be successful and the third one you need also to focus on operational excellence 
because the small quick steps, yeah, this big transformation we talked about in the hours is not something which you can do with one step. You need to put uh, slice the elephant into pieces into four to six months success stories. Mm -hmm and adjustments and flexibility, and then something happens which you didn't expect as we experienced all with COVID or uh, with a geostrategic situation. Uh, so putting it into slices, so it's a magic triangle of strategy, people and operational excellence. And it's a permanent 24 hour task, I would call yeah. it. But it's also a nice one because you're leading people, you're leading to the future, you're excited about the future. And you have always in many, many companies, great people who can do the job mm -hmm. and they would like to win. Yeah, I think that human communication piece, you know, this is the, the piece that I, I think is easier said than done sometimes too, which is defining your strategy. You've got the operational side, you know, that's fairly straight ahead to implement. I mean, it has complications, but it's, it's clear. I think it's that communication of the message and the story and being able to do that that is a challenge. I'm curious how you you approach that because your your background is engineering, right? You didn't come from a background of necessarily communication, et cetera. So I'm curious how you approach that communicating within the organization to get everybody moving forward. First of all, a lot of top-down communication, involvement and alignment of people, step-by-step, step, involving the next level of management, involving them, train them as a trainer for the next level of management. Yeah. So a large pyramid involving them, then all hands meeting, definitely. Mm -hmm. A lot of clear, but being always very focused, very clear, very honest, yeah. very transparent, and having also in-dialogues with people to get feedback, to know what's going on in the company, mm -hmm. and then learn and adopt quickly as well. And also focus on the international global perspective, yeah? that you talk with your people in Canada, that you talk with your people in France, uh, in, in South Korea. So there are also different views which you need to adjust to learn because customer situations are different, business is slightly different. So an open eye and ear as well for, for people from different regions, different countries, different backgrounds. So the diversity of it and using it as a competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. And finally, it's a task if you enjoy leadership, which you enjoy as well, because you meet so many smart and talented people. Yep. And finally, you need not just to communicate. The success story depends on if you develop the talents, if you recruit them, if you keep them, if you loyalize them, if you give them more responsibility. So it's about people talent and management, people development as well, mm -hmm. and giving them honest feedback, uh, developing them further, giving them bigger tasks and helping and supporting. Mm -hmm. And if you form a great team, then you can be successful. Wonderful. So Jessica, I just want to close with a little bit about auto cloud. And let me say it correctly. It's automotive cloud, correct? <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely correct because we wanted to include everyone from the party and that's why we thought um, it is really automotive as an industry. Wonderful. So when, when is it launching and how can I find out more about it? So it is launching by the mid of October. Um, the final date is still um, to be communicated. How can you find it uh, on all the Salesforce channels? You can find it on the website. You can just Google Salesforce Automotive. You will find it. You can find it here on Blazing Trails as a podcast. Wonderful. So uh, I just want to thank you both for being here today. Jessica, thanks for joining us. Um, thank you, Michael. Okay, wonderful. And Harold, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you very much, Michael. And next time we are driving together a car and you know which uh, one. Yes, absolutely. That would be 
That would be amazing. I bet you you can get some uh, pretty special vehicles that uh, <laughs> that you might have access to that I don't. So I'll take you up on that if we're in person. That was Harold Kruger, former chairman and CEO of BMW and a member of the Salesforce Advisory Board, and Jessica Goitner, vice president of strategic customers at Salesforce, focused on the auto industry. So to learn more about Salesforce, head over to salesforce.com slash customer360, and be sure to subscribe to Blazing Trails on your favorite podcast app or on our YouTube channel, where our interviews are now on video. Blazing Trails is a production of Salesforce Studios, produced by Rachel Levin and engineered by Michelle Luong and Ryan Kleeman. I'm Michael Revo. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.